0: Back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger here with Mike Connolly. Hello, Tara Connolly. Hi, and our special guest, Jim Haynes. Hello, everybody. Yeah, Jim uh, came down from Northern California to. Is it Northern California? Is it still considered Southern California? Oh no, it's very Northern. Northern California, Northern
1: California. <laughs> certainly very more northerly than we are.
0: To talk to us about master-slave relationship. Uh, I am a little under the weather. You might notice my voice sounds a little different, and I might not be talking as much, which. I'm sure some of you will really enjoy.
2: I th- actually think your voice sounds kind of good. I think you're pulling through. I got to say, I'm trying. It's, it's it sultry. Sounds, it it sounds better than it did before. Maybe it was the maybe it was this record well, that just
0: Tara brought me a ginger shot and a watermelon juicy juice and some tea. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying. I'm on the mend.
2: Not only is Tara the snack queen, but she's also the no oh, thank you remedy queen Get, <laughs> if, you, if anyone has any ailments email tara at noise extra she will respond with some great remedies if you need any
1: placebos i'm there for oh. you.
0: <laughs> so you might hear me cough in the background occasionally on this uh, apologies for that but it shouldn't stop you from enjoying this discussion of this uh Wow! Spooky, sleazy, sexy record.
2: It's oh, this was incredible. It is incredible. all those I'm, Jim, I'm so glad. Thank you so much for picking this. This was great. You're welcome. Uh, but of course, as always, before we get into the record, let's uh, do a little recent listening round. What do you say, gang?
0: I'm uh, I'm up for it.
2: Oh, let's go. Uh, why don't we Why don't we start with you, Gray? We'll We'll save our guests for a sure.
0: St- uh, I listened to a bunch of stuff that I'm having trouble remembering in my weakened state, but two things that jump out of me are the. Evil moisture macronympha, tentacles of the octopus, split on pure... Probably more broken record style over here, just talking about Pure all the time. But like, it's a collab, cl- right? Yeah, it seems like it might almost be a split stereo collab, because there's I, a lot of going on in the stereo field there.
2: And that's a very Evil Moisture thing. He did a lot of those split yeah. stereo collabs, and I am pretty certain that it is one of the split stereo collabs, I am I'm I would say with 99% accuracy. It's fantastic. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: It's really good. Uh, I didn't have it, I just, I just got it from Ron uh, in one of my last orders. And was so excited to listen to it. And it, it just rips.
1: I was so excited that it referenced the tentacles of the noise octopus that I listened to at home alone. Night <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was really excited about oh, it. Yeah. It was great.
2: Yeah. Tara with her tentacles of noise octopus kind of thing. And then, yeah, going through the CD, she's like, Oh, maybe this is like where I came up with the, or thought of the idea, you know, like subconsciously So I put it on. And yeah. Oh, so amazing as always.
0: And then, uh, I listened to IRM's closure, which is, a. Uh, I th- I Maybe supposed to be their last release. Uh, Swedish band with releases on cold meat. This, uh, I want to say this one's on Malignant. And it's uh, a power electronics opera. No. Or play is the best way I can describe <laughs> it. Uh, in the coolest sense. So many cool sounds and structure to the tracks. And a really unique kind of vibe to everything. And also a little bit of like a leitmotif. Like some of the sounds used come back in a new context later on in the record. And uh, I don't know, it was a really, really cool. Listen, we're going to do an episode about them at some point. I'm sure.
2: Sounds good. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I haven't heard that. So it's like to check that out or check out whatever record you want to cover.
0: Yeah. So Conleys, what have have your ear balls been looking at?
2: Well, we've been very excited about a couple Halloween themed albums that came out very recently.
1: So we, have been listening to the Church of All Hallows Eve,
2: the Vatican, Vatican- Shadow record, and that was in. It, it came out on the same day as Perience
1: Noise for Halloween Night.
2: They are absolutely incredible. Noise for Halloween Night is
1: it, even people who don't like noise. I've been telling them to listen to it. I'm like, guys, just just put it on. If well, it's nighttime, it's the season. Put it on. It's absolutely the perfect thing to listen to. If you want to be in the mood for something like um, brooding and moody, if you want to light a candle, if you want to be dark, uh, yeah, if you want to feel cold wind against your skin on a creepy time, then put this
2: on. Well, and it's just one of those, it's it's just a great thing, you know, someone that obviously we've known for as long, actually, maybe even a, a year or two longer than Gray, but basically, you know, dec- over a decade and I've always of course loved his music and it's just one of those things where it's so cool when someone you've known for that long just puts out a, a record that it just you're just oh my god like yeah. this is like another thing like it's it, it it's Nearly this is so cool yeah. and uh and and it really is it's it's this kind of the best John Carpenter uh Friday the 13th all mixed through you know Prince you know uh vision and yeah I mean this is like an Every day in October, listen, if not just throughout the rest of the year. I mean, it doesn't have to just be October, but what an incredible record. And, and these with, are Amazon
0: exclusives? Yeah, so yeah,
2: so it's so cool because they're Amazon original. So what I love is that <laughs> when when, like, for example, like... Like Tara's dad totally does this. It'll say, you know, play Halloween music. Alexa, Alexa play, ho-
1: play Halloween music. And like and this, this will, come, will on.
2: come on, and one of these records or a track from one of these records is going to come on.
1: If we weren't too paranoid to have Alexa, I would totally
2: do <laughs> <say> that. <laughs> well, you can also, but you can also. <laughs> but she's listen, not allowed yeah, in our house. <laughs> and there's a number of ways you can listen to it, but you do go through Amazon. And I know they are going to come out uh, in physical form at some point as well. But yeah, you got you go to Amazon and Vatican Shadow, Church of All Hallows Eve, Puriant. Noise for Halloween night. You're you're just gonna put them on repeat. That's how it's gonna. I go. just get
1: so excited when people who do underground music get to release something that's accessible to everybody, and um, I think it's such a treat to, you know, expose your friends to and really maybe like get people. Um, To broaden their spectrum in terms of what they want to listen to, I I just I just think it's really great. Yeah,
2: so very very exciting uh, excited for those releases. So that's honestly mainly what we've been listening to, just kind of putting those on repeat. So and you know, tis the season, you know. So Jim, what have you been listening
3: to? Um, I had a long drive coming down from (laughs) Northern California, (laughs) so I'd actually you know, as a longtime listener of of both the Mertz Cast and Noise Extra. I knew that this segment was coming, so <laughs> um, I didn't necessarily plan the road trip music accordingly. Um, which, before I get into that, I'm, I know that y'all have a tour in front of you, and um, you know maybe you can think about this for a second. But like, what will be your road trip music? And because it's noise, r- noise, and road trips don't always go hand in hand. I mean, I brought things that I always listen to, which is, you know, stereo lab, built to spill, the cure, you know, stuff that I've been listening to since I was a kid. And those things, you know, just are are, are perfect in that context. But I also wanted to, you know, find things that were like, what's gonna be, you know, driving down the five late at night and it's pitch black you know what's going to be there what's going to be sunset music what is going to be like it is fucking hot in sacramento and i'm stuck in traffic what's that going to be and that was the death odors three compilation on slaughter
2: oh wow oh Um, excellent
3: speaking of irm (laughs) that track in particular which i don't remember what it was called was a real gem i had to go back and you know repeat listen that one and then there was also a I think it's called Negru Voda. Oh yeah. Negru yeah Voda. Absolutely. I don't know much about them, him, it, I'm not sure, but that track was just a, you know, like a barn burner of just like scorching organic noise over sort of like dark ambient orchestral sort of tones. Um, and that one was those two tracks definitely stuck out.
0: Was
1: that for traffic?
3: Um, it was getting around traffic. So nice. (laughs) nice.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) those death owners comps are like landmarks of death, industrial, black, dark
3: ambient stuff. Like they're just great. Yeah. No, I, 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 I picked that up maybe a year ago and it's, it's, uh, in pretty regular rotation. So, um, But aside from that, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of CDs, but I also wanted to just mention a couple of sort of like non CD things, which was the new obsidian needles tape that she just re released, uh, from our tour cassette. Every angel is terrifying. Uh, You got it. Yeah. I have it in the living room. (laughs) Yeah. It's that's that record. And what we just listened to have a lot of similar themes in terms of, um, well obsidian needles is much more directed through the lens of sex work whereas this is more you know we can get into what master-slave relationship is and all of our
1: it's more of a passion uh, project it is
3: more of a passion project (laughs) most certainly um but um you know that uh, i i heard i i got her no rent tape and um, that was in
0: one of my recent listenings a while back and it's coronal mass ejection yes that's great too that
3: one is is great and um um I've I've I find her a very compelling contemporary artist and um uh I hope she continues to tour and put out great
0: music. She is uh she's coming down she's playing Los Angeles with Crawl of Time uh
3: on October 26th. I think she's playing the 27th in Oakland okay. in Subclinic and Crawl oh, of Time. Oh jeez.
0: Oh yeah, I saw and, that flyer cuz Subclinic yeah. come to
3: LA, please, Chad. Yeah. Don't play l a um i am I was very tempted to go down there, but I think the twenty seventh is a that's a Sunday if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's a very busy weekend for me and I've also done a lot of driving. I'm also traveling I'm touring again, so it's a uh, um I think I'm sadly gonna have to miss that one, but it happens uh, yeah, it happens um, uh, another one which is a there's a there's a three in a row, which I'm not sure exactly how the the <laughs> nomenclature works for these bands but um in one um permutation the band is called basic housekeeping another permutation it's called cortex a9 but this is frederica hoffmeyer with dan johansson oh, sewer election yes yeah, yeah. yeah. and um uh the last fellow is hugo randolph randolph who worked with um dan in um Amateur Hour, and a couple of other projects as well. But this one is, uh, it's different than the other collaborations that Frederica and Dan had done, which were more sort of like full-on noise, power electronic type of stuff. But this one sort of has this squalid, almost White House type of tones, with Frederica doing the monotone delivery, Um, and then these like totally dead, unsexy techno beats underneath them from time to time and it's just confounding and i think that's what i like about it most because it's just i i can't wrap my head around it and those are the records that i find myself returning to because i want to understand them and i want to be able to you know discern like why was it this way and why why not that way why not make it that way and um I'm assuming that everything is is you know given the quality of the work that everything's put into it that it's very intentional and um so i i found that very compelling um this one actually did make it into the road trip section which was um i've never known if it's actually pronounced she retina stimulants or s-s-h-e retina stimulants i've always
2: just said she retina stimulants. Okay. i think it's she retina stimulants okay. yeah
3: um so there was the record Some Whores and Camera Saibatu, Saibatsu, oh, yeah. which was a, um, that was the first record of his I picked up in this. I got this when I worked at Silent Records back in the 90s and I was the import buyer back then and dealt with Old Europa. Oh,
1: that's and,
3: so um, fun. Um, you know, picked up these records and it was just a, it, my introduction both to um paulo's work and siglum s because i hadn't heard siglum s at that time um but this record is very different from some of the other records that uh she written and stimulants had done because it's less of sort of like the free exposition of sort of guitar and synth and whatnot because he got a lot of collaborators to work into it and i don't have all of the names but i know mark solitroff was on there um ob um nimoy salt and forgive me for not remembering all of the others but because of the input that he got there are structures that are sort of like built into it that he has to work with you know there's there's mark's voice which Mm -hmm. comes in and out as this broken broadcast um which there is a um a transcription of what he says which is very creepy um suitably but uh um yeah mark of course it's uh, creepy um, (laughs) but the other the, the other tracks are um have these these sort of like heavy rhythms and um at times I'm 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 thinking of like ramlets, sometimes I'm thinking Controlled Bleeding um you know sometimes Factrix. and um it, but there's always this sort of like heavy distortion about it that um has uh, that one has been something I've constantly gone back to over the years um strangely enough it works in the car too so um and another one that well this one is i'll, I'll keep my list brief because it's long <laughs>
2: it's all uh, right it's i like, love uh, it it's guess so what, well guess documented i just found
3: my copy of that uh
0: some horrors on the cameras i bought susie okay. recently so i uh, i'll put it on and yeah. I, I haven't listened to it recently it's so. a good one and
1: we're like taking notes because we've been also discussing like what we're going to listen to and okay. when so yeah. i'm yeah. loving yeah. the input i'm t- drinking it all in. Yeah. it's fun
3: um Another one, which this I'll go back to sort of like the, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I'm not sure if it's stratum terror or strat vom terror, because um, it's S-T-R-A-T-V-M.
0: I've always thought that's just in place for you. Uh, that's I, what I, I was yeah.
3: assuming. It was a Latin uh, transcription, but that's Peter Anderson of uh, raison d'etre um, and his uh, sort of death industrial sort of more rhythmic project. And this one has like these very heavy mechanized, mechanoid rhythms that sort of drive it. Um, and... I get the sense that he's sort of using some of the palettes from raison d'etre from time to time, but sort of driving it through distortion and whatnot. I could be projecting my own, you know, thoughts on this, but it's a, uh, it's much, much heavier and whatnot. But, um, which record was this? It's called pariah demise. Okay. Yeah. And, um, there's two versions of it. And the one that I have has this, um, has a comic book that comes with it. And it's, a uh, it's in the same oversized package that the she retina stimulants comes with. Um, it came out on a Digipak pack or, or I think it was a digipack, but definitely like, like conventional CD size later. And I didn't, it just had a, had a, had a skull on it and it looked creepy, but it didn't necessarily grab me as much as this strange comic book, which was sort of this tale of a, uh, um, sort of an unrepentant murderer. I'm assuming it was a murderer because he was being executed, um, back in the day. And, uh, um, he's he's sort of mocking the crowd um, and just through his expressions, there's no no uh, bubbles to describe language um, or to, to give language to the characters in it. And uh, um, he gets executed by guillotine and the, the execution holds up his head and his head is just like aghast as if he right at that moment realized, you know, where he was going, perhaps, in the afterlife, if there is such a place, and became horrified by that. and it, it becomes a cautionary tale as such mm, very um, cool. Um so I always appreciated that as like, you know, it's it's not the typical uh, iconography for industrial music. and the um the the artwork of it also reminded me a lot of the watchmen, the 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 drawing style of that, in particular because there was also, a comic book within that comic book for nerds who know those types of things. And, um, um, that, that I also appreciated. Um, sadly, my or, sadly, or for the best, I, I transitioned from comic books to records.
1: <laughs> I, I'm so, sure there's a lot of cross. Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. we all cross yeah. over there.
3: Um, and the last one that I'll mention is anemone tube, um, which is, a an odd project. I, I never liked the name. I'm just going to be honest. And, um, but his work reminds me of a more complex form of genocide organ in terms of like very dark, um, sequence based industrial with these chunks of noise that, that sort of flow on these strata that sort of overlap and bleed and collapse into each other. And I find it just, it just hits this sweet spot of like power electronics, death industrial noise that, you know, I, I, I can go back to it over and over and over again and hear new things. And again, that's sort of one of the things I'm, I'm listening for and wanting to experience in all the, all the music that, that I, I try to in consume.
2: That's an amazing list. I love it. And, and, like, it, and yeah, we are, you know, Tara and I are leaving, we'll be leaving for a tour, actually the... Day after this episode comes out, yeah, and uh, we will be listening to noise uh, in the van. I, yeah. we love listening to noise on long drives, and we're going to be driving through the desert. Oh we're my god! We've already to been Mexico, planning the desert for so much. So uh, we will definitely be listening to some noise. I, I certainly plan on putting on some incapacitants uh, through a desert drive, no question. Oh about my god!
1: That. Through the mountains, though. oh, we go to Denver. Oh, oh.
2: oh. It, actually, one of the great when we moved here from Michigan when we moved to LA the uh, skin crime box that had just come out and it was one of the, it was the only, we brought that CD box with us. (laughs) And so every day we just kept kind of putting new uh, skin crime uh, CDs in for our drives. And that was our soundtrack and driving through the mountains. I want to say it was audio pathology. I mean, we were just like, this is the greatest thing—the mountains and
1: skin crime. And, and- when we're up yeah. high, I'm terrified. So it actually made me feel better because I don't like the high elevation. I was like, "Oh, this is somehow better. I don't know why." But <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> the we, sounds of murder.
2: We are, uh, and we're planning on hopefully we're gonna we're gonna uh, maybe record a little uh, listening update and uh, send it to Gray and have him uh, put it up there for everyone to. So we're going to let you know what we've been listening to on the road. So super excited for that. I also want to point out two amazing things. One, uh, fitting with the season. Gray has an incredible shirt on, a uh, Japanese poster for the movie The Burning. Uh, One of our favorite uh, slashers. Hell I would yeah! Say.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah, definitely. OG slasher. Yes, with with uh, with uh, starring uh, Jason a, Alexander, a young Jason Alexander. <laughs> His hair
1: is so luscious and curly. Yeah,
2: and aside from that, he looks exactly the same. It's <laughs> it's and it's about it's about ten years before <laughs> yeah. Seinfeld. He has a little more hair, and other than that, it's just George Costanza. That's it. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> That's right. And then I uh, I'm also just can't stop admiring Jim's small cruel party shirt. Now this is has to be.
1: From I know back I've been staring at it it's, the entire time
3: this was a gift um that uh, was uh bequested to me by alexis perez and um she is she has known of my obsession with small cruel party for a long time and we both share that and
2: I don't know where she got it from. Um, well, it has this... It has this true homemade... Yeah. Yes. Like, raw quality... Like, the image on this shirt is so much lower than the words. Yes. And the words yep. are so high Right under the, the neck. neck. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of blown Which out say, of... it's a about but two fingers? I love... Yeah, I think <laughs> it's about... It's about a five fingers <laughs> from the letters to the image and about one finger from mm-hmm. the neck to the I love heart. that shirt I feel shirt like if, so if we put
0: Jim next to Damien and his crawl, you shirt I, there would be two shirts that i just feel the need to like steal yes movie. yeah
2: yeah it's right, so an amazing it's an amazing shirt so.
3: I, I think she might have gotten it from stefan who runs um oh uh, sounds for consciousness raid. oh wow okay. Yeah, oh. i think she got it from him um i could be mistaken and yeah so i'll i'll,
2: I'll leave it at
1: that How but about um. he's got a shirt
2: <laughs> i would imagine <laughs> Well, yeah, guys, that what a what a cool what a cool uh, that was a great Jim. That was a great recent listen. Came prepared. Yeah, I he like did. it. I yeah. love it. Um, and what a great record you picked. Oh, I think this is also very fitting for the season. It's true. It feels it, really it feels very it's witchy. Oct. Yes, it's black leather, dark, sexy season. Yeah, absolutely. What, it, what record? on.
1: What record is this?
0: This is master slave relationships. This lubricious love. Who put it out? Oh, it's on a little label called RRR Records.
2: Oh, oh wow! Interesting,
1: interesting.
0: Yeah, we should look into
2: that label. I heard, <laughs> I heard it's pretty cool. Released on LP in
0: 1987, and then uh, reissued on CD in 91 by Debbie from Master-Slave Relationship and uh, and Triple R. Uh, the CD has two bonus tracks. We did not listen to the CD today. We played the LP.
1: My god, can you Jim's imagine hearing VW. this in 87?
0: I, it would make me just as horny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Even more. Well, you know, it th- this is
2: you know, one thing I was thinking especially once you get to the second side that, you know, w- how cool for Jim like I'm, this is both Tara and mine first time meeting Jim. And our first <laughs> yes. time meeting Jim, we sat down and listened and to, listen this, to record. this record. And I Which just actually a... want to do that with everyone I meet now. Yeah. Like yeah. if the first time I meet him, I'm like, we'll let's just sit listen down and focus and on this record. <laughs> so I, I just want to say we appreciate that you feel comfortable enough to share this. Yes, uh, one of us. the lines
1: is... The smell of sex thrills me.
2: <laughs> and that's and that's
3: a tame line. I think line. we'll be getting to some of the more uh, <laughs> oh, special oh, yeah. lines later on. I can't on, wait. So.
2: <laughs> but I mean, musically, this is I did not know what was happening at any second. It is so strange. It is so obscure sounding, so weird sounding, so when you think you kinda know what maybe the source is, it just warps into something that I'm like, I mean, I think I was wrong about that. I don't know what this Yeah, the was.
1: note sheets have a lot of question marks. A lot of
2: questions. A lot of like, I don't know what she's yeah. doing.
0: There's a lot of a uh, like it sits at the annex of sort of power electronics and weird kind of lo fi noise, but more more direct, extended sounds. And there's lots of uh, distorted keyboard or synth on it or organ yeah. sounds, but they're like so blasted and playing just a couple notes and then the vocals range from like direct in your ear heard saying things to you to like the most freaked out maniacal delayed I cannot tell what's going on or what's being said
3: I I've often wondered how and this is something which is obviously not uh, something that noise considers itself having to deal with but how musically trained she was going into this project. And I had always just assumed like she just got a synthesizer and was like, I, these notes strike my fancy Mm -hmm. and like rocking between like three or four notes. And cause she, she repeats those types of types of um, phrases through a lot of her records and tapes. And um, I mean, even, you know, well into the nineties when she sort of like started to, um, reduce her output, but those things, I think, like, that speaks to her, um, as well as sort of, like, the overblown noise, and sort of, like, this, like, uh, sort of demonic sort of shriek that she will sort of put forward, which makes me sort of not give a shit that she didn't know how to play, and that, like, the notes are, like, seem slightly off, and... um, And I appreciate that, like, she never... I mean, that was the thing that she wanted to do and that that responded to her. And then thus it made all of the other things that she was she was articulating this this very sort of like very personal, very violent, uh, very cathartic type of um, expressions. It made it seem like this was her and it's Mm -hmm. and it and. I think that's the thing that I respond most to about this, you know, like less about the, the whole exposition of sexuality and um, the usage of uh, BDSM iconography and very graphic language that is not as interesting to me as the fact that I feel like this is this is a true expression of somebody's soul. And that that I I just appreciate.
1: Yeah, I, it's visceral. Like,
2: I I think that's so. I think that's so a great way of putting it. I think it kind of goes back to what um what we kind of were talking about with Mayuko Hino was saying, where she listens to noise to learn about the person. You know, she listens to Kaiden to learn about Junko and Jojo. And yes, this is Debbie. This we're learning. We we are just. This is her. This is unique. This is her individual, unique outlook on life. And that's what we get to learn uh, while listening to this record. And I love that. I love that. I love when artists do that when they just open up their world and kind of let you in. And, and it, it can be vulnerable and it can be rough and it can be, you know, like, <coughs> oh, you know, oh, did I share too much? But obviously, no, because it's, it's just right, you know? It's a. <clears throat> Gray's dying a little bit. Oh, he's back. Yeah, I'm
0: back. <laughs> it's uh, funny. This operates in the same sort of niche that Sleep Chamber can. However, as for the majority of Sleep Chamber's work, it was uh, certainly more industrial synthesizer drum machine tinge. There's some drum machine here, but it's that weak drum machine that doesn't, doesn't sound powerful. You're talking about like weak techno beats in the the um, Cortex A9 thing. Um, But it's. There's also a tie-in directly with that as as there's a photograph of Debbie Jaffe on the cover of Sleep Chamber's Spell Bondage, which is probably one of the like better known better known of their records. It's got Kiss the Whip on it. But that those sentiments are echoed here. It's a very uh BDSM sex play heavy record. Like all every concept on this record. If you couldn't tell by the band name and the album title and the song titles, like this is that's what it is. And uh Jim brought along a booklet that doesn't seem to be something standard with the record, but it also has, uh, it has lyrics from the record in it. That was something that was maybe available separately. And that's a, that was a cool thing. Cause we kind of got to read through and then all of a sudden hear
3: those words being spoken. I, I'm not sure if I got that with the record or if I got that when I, when I got all the tapes, cause okay.
1: So where did you get the record?
3: Um, that was discogs. I will oh, say nice, that, nice. um, the, but um, but
2: when did you come to master slave relationship? Like when oh, yeah, yeah. I mean nineteen ninety you know. two. Okay, yeah. And, so so yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. And that was when I was in college and it was um the music director at WOBC in Oberlin. And um um I reached out to uh Soleil Moon and they were handling all of the Stahlplot um distribution. So I was able to acquire, um, promo copies of a lot of cool things, a lot of Muslim gauze records oh and, and, you know, like getting like nocturnal emissions, drowning in the sea of bliss. I mean, that one was just a phenomenal thing to find all, you know, early half trio records. Ugh. Um,
1: it's and- so upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Did you so leave cool. them there? Are they in like they're, they're Oberlin's pro- archives right now? So
3: that was the thing that Should was called
1: Dilloway. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> That was when I left um, the radio station was was under threat of having to move because it was on the third floor mm-hmm. of the um, the student union because we had so many v- so many pieces of vinyl and so much weight that we were starting to collapse onto the building onto the floor below us. Oh, my God. So th- the station was going to be moved underneath like one of the other uh, buildings um, into a basement. Um, I went back there three years later to go and see some people graduate and just the attrition of people stealing records oh, meant strange. so much stuff left. Yeah. And I went back there cause I was like, I wonder if there was, there was a copy of the, um, there was an industrial records compilation that came out in like 79, 78 with like, um, I definitely remember, Le- uh, leather nuns. Slow death was on there. Monica Zaza's, um, Oh, to Mama, yeah. Mother's Day. What, what have and,
2: always been one of my favorite yes, uh, song titles. <laughs> um,
3: and, um, um, oh, I can't remember what TG track was on there, but, um, um, th- that will, that will, that will come to somebody. I'm sure <laughs> somebody can look it up, but that was, that was gone when, oh, when I went back and that when is, and, and you know, somebody, um somebody had left like a bunch of soul Invictus records. Those were gone. All the Jandek records were gone. You know, there was, so it was just, it dwindled. And I'm sure like right now the vinyl is just, you know, a small, uh, you know, shade. And right now it's like the kids just play off of their phone anyway. So, um, so in any case, um, yeah, that's when I, I discovered master slave relationship and it was, it, it was challenging to try and find tracks that you could actually play on the radio.
2: Yeah. Oh, Safe yeah. Harbor. Yeah. Did you Safe Harbor. I didn't even think about
3: it. <laughs> well, yeah. well, you think about the first track on this, the, um, the pain of chains of love is on the compilation. That compilation was called, um, my state of evil dreams, which is a very fitting title for her anthology. Um, and that track, there are no discernible words on it that anybody can be upset about from like the, the George Carlin, seven deadly words. Right. <laughs> and, uh, um,
1: i mean p hole is not a bad word you can say, say p hole all you want i think you
3: can but i think there's other things on, <laughs> on the title track that w- would offend many um but i mean that that opening track is just a, a scorcher and that one is probably my favorite track mm-hmm. of hers it's hands down
2: so insane and it's so that like the it's like this weird like mm, like spiral that keeps kind of like going in and out of phase. And it like, every time it comes back, it's a little different. It's so, Oh,
0: you can feel the room on that one, which I like too. That's one of those things of like, you know, old Romler records Mm -hmm. and stuff where you like that was recorded with some mics in a room. It feels like the sound is very, very live and very uh, present. And I like that. Like when you can, you can kind of hear the amps they're recording through or whatever's making those sounds. I felt that a lot. Actually, I felt that the most with this one on that piece and it, uh, it gave it a really just a nice vibe. It it makes it feel somehow more threatening when you can hear the
3: space that the music is occupying, the physical space that it's being made in those, those like 60 cycle hums, I have always sort of associated with like, like clinical dead spaces and they just creep me out. Um, and every time I hear those types of things, it, just sort of gives me the chills like as i as i'm even saying this i'm getting goosebumps which is you know like a a, just a a strange bit of synesthesia um but uh i i just appreciate that about about this track and you know like as as gray was saying about
1: gramless
2: stuff as well
1: the first thing i wrote is what is this (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean and and that and i
2: that's a question i asked throughout this whole record and in the best way you know and and every time something comes in or something new is added or introduced i st- i just still don't know what's happening it's speeding up it's slowing down it's going into this mangled oblivion i mean it's oh yeah it's just you, you yeah you want to be yeah you want to be in this room or not, or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah or, yeah, if, or you want to stay far away yeah, i mean
1: if you you know if the soundtrack to a master slave relationship appeals to you you might want to be in that room <laughs>
2: What a perfect way to start the record, too.
0: Yeah, it's that speeding up and slowing down. And there's all these sort of just like they're mutant vocals. You can't tell what's what's going on.
2: Oh, yeah. No, there's no discernible anything.
1: I, I not submissive. I wouldn't say it's submissive. No,
0: no. Although there is this like a uh, rising and submerging of the the tones at the end of it is where it's like this almost rhythmic passage toward the end of the piece. And it's you feel like crawling out from the muck and then diving back under as the high tones disappear. And I really, really enjoyed that.
1: You know, I, I, I don't want to be the person that's like, Hey, you guys remember that, but you guys remember reading erotica a lot in the eighties and nineties? Like, I, I feel like it was a thing, you know, we would all like read erotica all the time. And this really made me like think about that. And especially like her writing, you get like erotica anthologies. And like, I remember my friends, we would like trade it around and, I don't know who who does that anymore. I loved it. It made me really um, enjoy um, some smutty literature. Yeah, <laughs> and and what's
2: cool is that Debbie really does play both master and slave yeah. throughout the record, and sometimes she is dominant and being the master. And sometimes she is being submissive and being the slave, but throughout she's kind of changes. She, she plays all roles throughout the the record and throughout her writing. It's
1: it's exploration. It's exploration of sound. It's exploration of thought and, um, you know, different mindsets. I, I think it's wonderful.
0: So if pain of the chains of love was your favorite, I think a uh, woman with black leather mask might be mine. I, I put that on a mix for someone while back. I can't remember. Uh, But I really, I really like that track. It's, it's got this, uh, it reminds me of like Vox Populi or something. The weird Mm -hmm. sort of like pitch shifted organ droning going on there. And it's got this like machine shop atmosphere to it where it's again, you're, you're feeling the room a bit. Uh, there's a nasty high tone and you can hear the reflections of like the, the reverberation of stuff in the room. And you do just get this sort of like something's going on in this place where this is being recorded. It's a really powerful technique to use, I think. And, I thought uh, it was
1: industrially.
2: It's very industrial. And that's why I'm oh, like, yeah. you
1: love it because it's industrial it's true. metal.
2: <laughs> but but it's also it's also yes that those background sounds just add to this almost this weird uh, strange atmosphere. <laughs> and this is also the first time I thought I heard actual organ. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And oh. I loved that. Yeah. it oh, was really good. Screwed organ. So the third track was actually my favorite. I put a big heart next to it.
0: Well, we've all got different favorites like, so far. That's
1: crazy. That's I love rare. It. What
0: well, do you love about Hate Love Dream, Tara?
1: Um, I like the groaning versus screaming. Um, I thought her vocals were really interesting. Um, and just there was that the the rhythm in it, I don't know if it was a loop or a drum machine or what, but it reminded me of electric shock. So I was just picturing every time that beat hit of somebody getting electric shocked uh, and I like that.
0: It has that weak that weak drum machine uh, you know it, it actually in that way of electric shock it would uh, remind me of deform. A bit maybe if you're familiar oh, with their yeah. stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. some experiences with shock. I mean, it seems like a perfect record to reference yeah. here oh, to, Yes, which is <laughs> yes. Also, like very uh, Hans Bellmer type of. Yeah, yeah. and then BDSM uh, electronics that gets a little bit more into the electro zone, but there's straight noise pieces on those records too.
1: And this is also when I started laughing because I was just picturing, uh, you know, going into Triple R and having this on the turntable, and then somebody walking in and runs like. Jamming it
0: at this point. This was the most feminine piece I feel like we heard yeah. here, where we're like really hearing her voice. There's some delay on it, uh, and then, and then it goes to total total witch
3: vocals by the end. Oh yeah, I like that.
1: They were powerful. Yeah, it was really good.
3: Yeah, I had a, something that I would written down and just trying to think about the context of <laughs> when this was made as these backmasked type of vocals, which I seemed. I mean, this was. I was a you know a, a young lad when when this record was came out and I obviously didn't didn't know about it would and would would not have my mom buy this for me at that time. Um, Save so st- your allowance. I, st-
2: yes. I still wouldn't want my mom no, to buy this for no, me.
3: I was so um,
1: grateful that our moms weren't well, with us it's <laughs> true. to listen to this. Um,
3: but uh, um, th- this would have been about the same time when like the satan- the satanic panic um, epidemic was sort of going around uh, yeah. good point. where like put like back, you know, backmasked vocals on like Ozzy Osbourne records were causing people to, you know, like kill their little brother and worship Satan and, mm-hmm. and all sorts of nonsense like that. And I sort of got the sense that she was just taking it and like making it really diabolical, making it really feral and rabid and using that as another platform to, mm. to, um, <laughs> to sort of like express these types of like very discordant emotions.
2: That's very cool. And a very, very cool way to to hear this. And I kept actually a word I, I kept thinking of during this track in particular, but also a lot of this record was psychotronic. And I was thinking of the old psychotronic oh, yeah. uh, b- a movie review book. and and because there, maybe it's the organ and, and, and there is that, yeah, this kind of ba- the back masking, it is almost this, something weird you know 70s psychotronic uh, you know psychosexual kind of like uh warping and I, I I'm very happy to be here you in guys
1: that. have a good point like I I guess I hadn't really thought about it's embracing things that aren't pretty too like she she you know addresses the concept of drool and really, Let's say unfavorable situations for a lady. But there's
0: something not good about drooling. <laughs>
1: it's, it's wonderful and that's but but the acceptance and embracing of the um of the really like body She talks about odors uh, and and
0: these feelings and sort of like
1: fuck my pee hole until you stretch it. Something to that effect. Yeah, there's some
0: there's some uh, filthy language and some sexual illusions that go on.
1: And the way that it's embraced, uh, I I think, is, um, again, yeah, much like the satanic panic, but also just in a way that you're accepting a reality instead of an ideal situation. This is not like what is that? 20 shades of gray or whatever that is where it's like all like oh my god it's a ribbon this is not this is like this is dark and gross but also exalted um because it's it's very personal and i and that's wonderful
0: i like that it's more it's more about the reality than the fantasy exactly yeah yes Oh sorry.
1: No, I was saying yeah, it's it's just cherished. Someone reality. someone's got to
0: clean up after sex, you know.
3: <laughs> yeah. I had written down on a number of occasions that this is like w- filthy is a word that's often used, but mm-hmm. unhygienic is not. And this is unhygienic.
0: Yes,
1: that's wonderful. It is not hygienic. Yeah,
0: this is the sweat and the the hairs and the the spit. This is all the the sort of unwanted Or unhygienic things that you don't don't think about.
3: And you think about, you know, like whipping somebody and then will that get infected? Will there be, you know, like what's going to happen the next day when you need to go to work? You know, and Mm -hmm. and obviously these types of questions do come up for the BDSM community and um, people are safe in this in certain aspects of it. Um, Some people are not. And, um, this is a, this is a very direct
2: expression of those types of unsafe
3: situations.
2: And uh, when we, especially when we get to the next track, what did you do? Part two dirt was the first word that came to my head because <laughs> the, whatever it is, electronics or, or, uh, whatever the tones that are coming in at first are just covered in grime and covered in something.
0: It's a Dillaway once described, uh, I think it was Intrinsic Action Bad Jack as a dirty drag through the dirt.
2: <laughs> I would say that's so very true. fitting for uh, this track in the old was-
0: Hanson catalog, and that's always stuck with me. A dirty drag through the dirt, like as if it, being dragged through the dirt isn't dirty enough. You're like, no, it's even it's even more dirty than a regular dirt drag. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and th- yeah, that's perfect for this track. I never know what's happening, but I know
1: it's dirty. I, I thought it was torture chamber slow jams. There's
0: the, this sexy. weird skittering noise in it, but then there's also these sort of two different arpeggiated patterns that she's playing and it only goes between those two and they sort of hold on one note and then it'll climb and ri- it'll rise and fall again. Uh, it's really simple, but really, really effective.
2: The layers, yeah, and again, I, I again, there's a lot of question marks that I had. Where like, is these vocals are these electronics? Are they layering? Is is she doing this live? Is this is she adding on to this later? I, I really didn't know, <laughs> and I, this was truly mysterious to me.
1: What did you do, Debbie? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs>
2: so,
0: Jim, uh, the subject of this record being bondage and maybe a peek behind the curtain. We've been talking to Jim about doing an episode together for a while. <laughs> and uh it's it's a funny and strange thing because he the first record he picked was back when we were doing the MERS cast and we were going to do music for bondage performance together
3: in choosing music for bondage performance as as something to consider that has been a record that i had many 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 years ago back um, before i moved to california and when i moved to california my U-Haul was broken into all of my CDs and tapes were stolen. So there was a number of things which I never got back. And I was thinking about like when I was like really collecting Mertzbill hard. And that was, you know, in the early nineties, all of those were gone. And I sort of lost the itch to, to get them back. I mean, I would, I, I did, I was, (laughs) I did listen to and review all of the, the, uh, discs in the Mertz box.
2: And maybe, which, maybe there's listeners wow. who have seen this. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is something that, uh, it was, it was, it was on the Aquarius. It was on the Aquarius newsletter. Here's yeah. the
0: thing. We sort of didn't, uh, we didn't really give Jim his due introduction. Yeah, not really. Was, we just kind of got oh right into God. it. We were just psyched I and already got so into it. That's, sorry. I've, I've had the pleasure of, <laughs> of knowing Jim no for worries. some years and being in touch. <laughs> and, uh, Jim it has a has had a very storied career in experimental music, of which uh, I only know a portion of. Um, but
3: Silent Records, right? Yeah, that's when I started, or, and Wobc before then, and and then Silent, and then Aquarius, and then Aquarius. For so for time.
0: for almost twenty years, if you walked into Aquarius, you might have run into Jim there. And if you read the much lauded Aquarius reviews of things, or if you are ever lucky enough to have your release reviewed by Aquarius. Uh, you you I'm sure know what I'm talking about uh, in addition Jim also runs the Helen Scarsdale agency Is that the proper way to say the label? Yes. Now? Yeah, all yeah. Right. Uh, Which puts out tons of great releases uh, of which I've been very happy to own a few and actually one made uh my recent listening a while back, I think the coelacanth. Coelacanth, Well, coelacanth. Yeah. I said it wrong in no, no, the episode and said it wrong
2: again now. So. But yes, you're, you're- We reserve
1: the right to mispronounce.
2: Oh, I reserve yeah. certainly the right to mispronounce. <laughs> but the, uh, your, your MERS box uh, review is is certainly stuff of legend.
3: So. I have to say, if, if anybody find there's a, what I actually really loved was Chunklet um, did a- uh, did a print version of it and they did it as a centerfold and they did it in like three point font. So it is impossible to read. You spread it out and it goes the whole way across. It is amazing. I've never seen that. It is so cool. And it's like, you know, Henry Owens is a, is a very good designer uh, in his own right. But this one was just like so dumb and it just made so much sense. It's
1: like uh, you almost have to read it vertically. Yeah. I mean,
3: it's in, as I was listening to it, cause I, li- I only listened to it in the store and, um, I didn't look at the book. I didn't have any context. This was mostly pre-internet. So, um, I couldn't do a lot of research on it and I had no idea what they were. So I was just sort of going on what I knew, like. You know, I just kept on wondering, is this Rainbow Electronics number two? You know, and it was like, <laughs> um, is this the one with asthma, with uh, um, asthma's teachings? Right. <laughs> try. you know, like, like trying to guess. And I was wrong on every single time I tried to guess. But um, I, as I kept on going, I got like nuttier throughout it. So it became this like descent into insanity as I'm trying to write. And, and it's, it's, it's exhausting to try and like write about something that is, so overwhelming and and uh um and it made me so appreciate his work um but I needed to take a break for a while. Yeah. And uh feel um, that. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I worked at Aquarius for a long time. And
1: it's so different too because you know, we listen together and I think that in you know in different ways enhances the experience. But it's a totally different beast when you're alone. And oh, especially oh, with people walking in and out. Well, that's what I was gonna say, alone and then with unsuspecting
2: <laughs> yes. customers. It's true. And you have dying Malpa, you know, uh yes. <laughs> on on tech. Aquarius
3: customers should have been suspecting. That it. you know what? I, I people people did come in and were like, Oh Jim, are you gonna put on the merch box? I was like, yes. Okay, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. And, and they would sit down with me and, and, and check awesome. it out. So w- yeah.
2: was that on when Anthony Kiedis came in? Or? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew what that was. So <laughs> Um but yeah, but yeah, so so it is kind of funny because it just so happens that two of the records you picked were bondage <laughs> theme. it's true and, and you're uh, gonna
1: get a reputation yeah <laughs> that,
3: I am I am aware of that, but I think like that was something that you know like both of y'all looked over at me as this was sort of like getting more and more um unhinged and more graphic in terms of uh, the descriptions of the acts that were being performed and, um, sort of like, what does this say about Jim? <laughs> hey,
2: um, it, it only, it only gives us, uh, you know, more respect for you that yeah. you, this is what you brought to us to bring. And I think the main chunk that we are discussing kind of when it starts to get very graphic is the
1: entire side B. Right. Uh, the yeah, title yeah. track. But that's a great point because, you know, when you're listening, just like anything like of, of this nature that you're, when you're with your friends, you kind of have to decide the attitude you're going to take. Like, Are you going to laugh nervously to like alleviate some of the tension? Is everybody going to dig their heels in and take it seriously? (laughs) Like, like how do you address it in a social situation? And I think that like adds to the enjoyment of it because really it's like everybody accepting it and going like, no, like this is all something that we accept and are open to. And this person is being um, vulnerable at the same time. So um, authentic uh, that, that we all just kind of like, just go with it all together like yeah whipper let's do this like yeah crushes balls yeah <laughs> let's 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 cheer for it come on and it's like that choice you make kind of like especially the side b oh lord that was fun i mean we i laughed a lot i'm sorry i might have too much but just out of joy
0: well it's very direct there's yeah. no there's yeah. no sugar
1: <laughs> oh there's sugar gray
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God,
0: there's no sugarcoating it right <laughs>
1: right
2: well but i think and i think something that i've always said for sure is that my favorite my favorite works of art music movies whatever make me feel all the emotions so they make me laugh it doesn't mean i'm laughing at it and there's a big difference to me and it's there's a laughing with or just this exuberance where it's just like You just kind of it's the expression that that comes out a laugh or or like a like a like chills or like a yell because you're so excited about it or kind of like a when I react all the different ways to something, that's when I know it's something that's very, you know, just strikes me perfectly.
1: It's a laugh of appreciation.
2: Totally, totally.
1: Not to minimize. Yeah,
2: because it's not because it's not funny uh, in a way that, you know, you're laughing at at a comedy or whatever, but it is. That's just a laughing is just another expression of excitement, at least for me. I know that Tara always says that, that I do that. You do that, too.
1: But I get like when her voice is pitched down, like there was this like crazy feedback. And then all of a sudden her voice is pitched down and she's like, lick my dick, you bitch. And like I had to laugh. Like, I don't I don't mean it like it's a funny situation, but it is like a, it is something where I'm just so. Excited and grateful that that was happening at the time, you know, like thank you. That was awesome. Thank you
0: well, I think people also do and say uh, Funny shit if it's out of context when they're when they're horny or in the middle of yeah. a sex act, you know what I mean? Like
1: it can be so funny
0: and that's a That's a fine thing we're We're not we're witness to this we're be it's being described to us or we're being talked to about it in this uh, last piece through like sort of three or four different uh, variations of sex that's going on, I think.
1: And maybe it was funnier for me because I'm <laughs> sitting in a room with three dudes listening to this. Right. It was really, really funny. Uh, maybe I can laugh the hardest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and this is where she's really playing all the roles and, 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 and it keeps kind of switching. And so did the music. The music is incredible on this track. This, I would say probably this is my favorite part of the record. And honestly, I think it more has to do with the music uh, than anything.
0: Okay. So we need a, a fifth guest so they can pick. What did you do? as a I think the cat,
2: the cat, the cat, I think Clementine Clementine
0: said, no. Oh, then you might be right. That was yeah. when she was coming up for all those pets. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but seriously, that's, that says a lot about a record when we each pick a different favorite track. And I think that's a, that's kind of a cool sign of how diverse the record is and what it has to offer.
3: One thing that I had sort of noted in sort of the division between side A and side B was that the sort of how feral and rabid and um, unclear all the vocals are on the first side, that it becomes the almost like the actual field recording of the act. And then the second side is the recollection of it, where she is is sort of like, you know, because everything is in the past tense. And, uh, oh yeah, uh, I
1: thought it was like story time.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. It, it is a very strange thing. And then as she switches from the feminine to the masculine, and the masculine becomes the dominant, and the feminine is is the um, the submissive. Um, it's it is this recollection as if like all the things that had happened. This was something like she is recounting to herself as. An amazing experience um, that all these emotions that she went through of like love, lust, agony, pain, misery, happiness, all those things came together in this act. And she's retelling the story to relive it and and concretize it in words.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, I think I I think <laughs> that's, I think that's yes. an amazing Absolutely. interpretation of of the of the record, and and so this one and and the music kind of keeps changing as the perspective keeps changing, and and I was hearing a lot of the organ stuff, a lot of the psycho this what I was calling the psychotronic organ, and and it, and it keeps kind of shifting. There's even a point where there is a slight rhythm that comes in, but it's not. But but kind of the rhythm, kind of what we were saying on that one track, the Hate Love Dreamer is that weak, uh, kind of weak drum machine. And, and I think it's important to say that we're using that word weak, not as a diss, but it, it just is that like very strange, thin, tinny drum machine. And yeah, it's so strange. it's not in the
1: forefront. It's not thumping. And this yeah. has a
2: little bit of that as well, kind of weaved in and out. But like, yeah, the organ... Lines that keep kind of going and changing. I'm saying organ. I'm I'm assuming that's what it is. It yeah. might be a synth. It might. I'm not 100 mm. percent sure. But it, to me, it was organ. And oh man, I just love the evolution that it that
1: it takes. What goes better with organ music than being whipped? <laughs> I mean, it's all about like whimpering and whipping and organ music again. Great pick for October. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect thematically. Awesome job. Because it, And also,
2: too, it does have that kind of, you know, something weird movie um, feel where, you know, that, you know, that the, the psychotronic, the whipping, you know, you feel this kind of 70s, some weird 70s, oh, like, you know. Like in
1: Blue Velvet when the, she's dancing <laughs> on top of the car.
2: Oh, the, that's that way. Oh, oh, like when they're out in the when they're yeah. out in the uh, in the uh, kind of.
1: Uh, I, where do they, I don't know, out gonna... by an old mill? <laughs>
2: Whoa! Oh, yay. Jim just showed us <laughs> note. Blue Velvet was written yes. on his notes. No, I totally
1: <laughs> was thinking that the whole time. I was like, oh, yeah, it is. It, it's sinister and sexual, much like Blue Velvet. I, oh, totally. I was
3: thinking, you know, like the Blue Velvet came out in 86 right before this. And, oh, um, that's true. So I was also sort of like thinking of other references and um, White House um, mm-hmm. um, You Don't Have to Say Please Yes. Yes. Um, it certainly came to mind as... We an, did
1: discuss a mashup of this and White House. I think at one point
2: uh, Tara did say just uh, you know we just said that lyric out loud. Oh yeah. You just had to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, no,
3: But I sort of feel like like those two um, cultural references like gave her permission to do this and um, um, and as more sort of like transgressive art became available to um, the public. I mean certainly through David Lynch but other means as well through industrial culture that people were given access to these types of ideas of that there is a dark realm. There is aspects to the id that can be articulated um, in thoughtful ways. And there are obviously people who have taken that um, and done absolutely shitty horrible things yes. with that same yes. that same um sort of uh, uh i guess draw cultural push um but that's where you know uh, morality and consciousness need to sort of like come into play and um uh, I, it's something that i just uh, just think is think is just important to know i
1: like so. that idea that like our um collective consciousness as a society was just developing its vocabulary for dealing with this type of concept, like mm-hmm. as we deal with like subculture more and, uh, you know, we're all just kind of discovering the way that we want to process it. And especially through um, sounds like these, yeah. and especially through experimental film and music. Absolutely.
2: That's, an, I, that's such a cool connection, Blue Velvet being... Certainly one of our all time favorites. Uh, oh, speaking of
1: road trips, I mean, you know, we just recorded one on a cassette and would listen to it we, on the road. We,
2: yeah, we used to have a copy of Blue Velvet on cassette on just like a dubbed cassette that Wait, we would listen the movie? to. Yeah, yeah. so oh, just the audio amazing. of the movie,
1: dubbed with a handheld. Uh, yeah, d- yeah,
2: <laughs> our, our, uh, our good friend Gary, uh, Gary of uh, Mammal and Animal Disguise, he was the first person to do that, and we, uh, he made the Blue Velvet tape. We did, we, did, we did a couple other movies too, but Blue Velvet was... It's still to this day, I would just listen to Every that Every
1: sound is perfect. It's well, great.
2: I would say, I mean,
3: you know, like Lynch and Badlamati and um, Alan Splett's sound design is truly exceptional. I mean, there's, there's parts of those movies where there is a discordant note or a noise that sort of builds and then drops out with like... Mm -hmm. nothing behind it and you're left empty and not knowing where to go. And those types of disruptions are something that, you know, you're looking at a, a, a movie and images, but then the sound really impacts you um, (gasps) emotionally. It was actually something that um, Scott Arford had mentioned when talking about, he did a lecture before an infrasound performance and he was talking about how, um, sound design more so than the images on a movie will cause you to cry and I found that that was really compelling and I had never thought about that but then you have like the weeping strings and and this sort of like climactic builds and that's what's going to cause that emotional release to happen and and then to have him just him and Randy Yao just push low frequencies through a space and have it rattle is just like Oh, what did you just do to me? <laughs> Which, uh,
1: true. Have wow.
3: y'all have y'all seen that performance, or do you know do you know about it? I'm not sure. Okay, it, he they they can't be recorded because okay. every infrasound um, incident is in a different architectural space. Okay, and they uh, capture the resonance of a room, rebroadcast those frequencies so that the room is you know, essentially feeding back upon the same resonant frequencies. They're all low tones. Um, there is a sort of a, an orchestration of, of white noise that sort of creeps into it and sort of adds the adds the depth and the presence of it. But I, they played in the Bay area a number of times. I know that they've toured it in various spaces. Um, but every time I'd seen it, it was very different. And, um, it's, I don't think they're going to be, you know, they, they, they're, they're both sort of family men by now, <laughs> and and, they, and there's no,
2: yeah. re, there is no recording, no, Oh yeah, so they, no, they, 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 they,
3: they do yeah.
1: I mean, you can't hear it, but exactly, but you can right. hear you, it,
3: you can, and it's you feel, feel it in yeah. particular. Um, That's I love infrastructure
1: yeah, so much, it's, it's so so freaking yeah, cool, yeah, but it also like infrasound like recording like the special sounds that they have in the oceans uh, and especially like the hum of the planet that it makes and mm-hmm. our bodies have infrasound um and and also like using the harmonics of the room like that's how you blow up wine glasses as you you know when you run your finger on the top of a crystal wine glass you find that note and when you sing like i had a voice teacher who could break a wine glass oh, and wow. she would you she would find the harmonics of the glass and then just direct her voice directly into it. And uh, I saw her crack one. It was crazy. So <laughs> if you had a really good glass and it was crystal and you could copy the exact, you know, harmonic sound of that glass, uh, it blows up. It's cool.
2: Uh, Jim Gillette of Nitro. also. Oh, I know.
1: That's so cool. <laughs> okay, you're right. Like it's, it's
2: like it's a freight train. Far more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jim Gillette and Sarah Hardy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but man, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, dude, this record, you got to listen. I mean, everyone just needs to go out and put this on, especially this month, get nice and just turn, turn those lights down low, get creepy, get weird, uh, get alone in a room and just... Master slave relationship, man. It's gonna.
1: Yeah, it's. But remember, it's like not safe for work. So just you know. Well, unless,
2: unless maybe at a yeah. triple R. Unless you R- work in R- Aquarius. Yeah. Or t- <laughs> <laughs> Aquarius, of course. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, but yeah, may, may, maybe maybe uh, maybe if you maybe pop in a triple R, maybe Ron will have this playing, or maybe maybe you can request, maybe you can request a listening session. Oh,
1: Oh, I love that so much. Please say that's what's playing.
2: Um, and there's pr- pretty th- uh, deep discography though with masters. And where does this land in her discography? She kind of so early many
1: cassettes. It was so impressive. Oh, thanks. No, I, was, um, I was, really, this is like hard not to play s-
2: with them. a couple, like a couple records in, right. Uh,
3: it was her first major okay. LP. Um, I think she had like five or six, maybe more tapes that came before that. There were some like ca- singles. Um, and she also had another project with Hal McGee, um, called viscera. Um, Almost all of them were on Cause and Effect. Uh, of course, yeah.
2: one of the absolute classic '80s tape labels: Industrial Noise, Haters, Mersbau I mean, John Duncan. I mean, you know, of course, Cause and Effect Worship <laughs> over here. All here, the faiths.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, I should also just note that when I I, I procured all of these tapes, um, when uh, Drew Daniel from Matmos decided he was going to get rid of all of his tapes. And so I had some real weird gems that he gave me and he gave them to me right when I had a uh, surgery. So I was like at home, like l- listening. It was, it was a whole lot of like, um, uh, interx tapes so like hideous and strength and women of the ss <laughs> yeah. and sleep chamber i
1: love that wow. and so I was listening you're to like that healing and, on pills yeah. and listening to those I listen, <laughs> listening to all this
3: amazing stuff on my four track you know because i didn't have a tape deck at the time so i was just like brought the four track out and plugged it into Amazing. <laughs> and uh um and then it was like okay i now have to you know re reacquire a tape deck because mm-hmm. um as as noted earlier when i when all my stuff was stolen you know like the Tape deck got stolen, and I never bothered to get another tape deck for a while. What a which jerk
1: is, to steal your tape yeah. deck and
2: tapes! That's and also, crazy. like, what, do you, what What'd did they, they
1: get for it? What,
2: and like, also, yeah, what? Uh, yeah, we always kind of joke. They
1: sell it on discount. We always
2: kind of joking like, if someone were to break into our apartment and steal our records and CDs, like they would be so just like. Bummed out. Confused. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah, just yeah. like, what, can, what am I supposed to do? Honestly, they probably get, like, thrown out. That's a sad thing, to be honest. Or or who knows? Who knows? I don't
3: the, know. The things that would probably have gotten thrown out would have been, like, the mixtapes that people made for oh, me. And those, those are, the, are like so that Those are the things that are so precious. Uh. And, you know, like, there's one in particular that a, a friend of mine made for me um, that he made this, like, metal box that was sutured together with wire It was called the Tin Drum. I'm guessing after the after the after the film, and um, it's. uh, um, I remember listening to it on a rainy day in Ohio, and and this Iggy Pop track comes on that is just like so clunky, and him trying to sound like David Bowie and not. It's not good. (laughs) Was it off
2: Zombie Birdhouse? Uh, (laughs) No, it was.
3: it was endless C, which I can't remember which it was. It was like from a 79 record. So maybe new values. Yes. It was on new values. Um, and I, and I just still remember to this day that, that, that rainy day soundtrack of this clunky balladeering song. And I don't know. I mean, those are things that you, you just
2: can't replace. Absolutely. No, rest, no, I, rest in peace to that yeah. mixtape.
1: Yeah, I certainly used to love uh, Grux from Carolina. His <sighs> mixtapes were just phenomenal. And and Gary Mammal, his mixtapes, especially like Italo Disco, just like blow your mind. They're so good.
2: There is, it's, still, it's still a great format that is kind of lost <laughs> today just because, oh, you just, here's a link to the thing. And, but for someone to actually curate a mix, whether it's still, I think one of the, and especially if they actually take the time to physically put it on a tape, a hey, hell even a CDR and 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 oh, dub yeah. it and copy it and give it to you because they thought this is, I want you, this is, I thought of you to, you know to, I thought you'd dig this mix, you know I I still think it's one of the great.
1: This guy made me great loss for me. Oh hey, week week after we were together. And oh, look wow. at that, that,
2: 20, that really hey, twenty years later. Look Had at a that. good
1: Devo song on it, and I was like, I like this one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Jim you uh, you've been working on a new release with Alan Scarsdale
3: yes um, can you tell us about it sure it's a it's a 10 cassette box set um, that's too many tapes <laughs> <laughs> it's seven hours of music and um, wow. so the track listing starts um, I'm going to see if I can get it all right Kleistvar, um, Neutral which is Dan Johansson and um, uh, Sophie Lenner um, Herner um pink courtesy phone richard chartier um let's see we got francisco Mourinho, alice kemp uh fossil aerosol mining project g park <coughs> she spread sorrow relay for death him occult so um and it's pretty a pretty stacked uh, lineup thank you um and i'm i i made all the wooden boxes myself and oh. I, we saw one. It's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful a, made wooden box. There's a booklet so cool. inside, and and I I had done an exhibition at a gallery or like a uh, my friend's artist run gallery, and I'd had corroded portraits of all of the artists who were in it, and uh, there's some uh, reproductions of some of those uh, those images. Um, but it's coming out at the end of the month. And um, where can where can uh, people find it? Helen um, Helenscarsdale.com. If you live in Europe, there is distribution. Um, Tugnik Aleph um, in Berlin is picking some up. Um, Sound Dome, Drone Records, uh, Norman Records. And those are the those are the four big ones right now. Oh, Art and Life in Japan for all of y'all over there. But um, in stateside, there's plenty of people who are picking it up. But you can, I would love it if you buy it from me because I would like to break even on this thing.
0: <laughs> <Do you guys laughs> we would that? like that
1: for you too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so get
0: it from the get it from the label yeah. whenever possible. I love the, I love the hours? support of distros, but I also just like to like to buy it from the label whenever I can.
2: Yeah, yeah. and uh, and then I am going to as we're kind of ending out. I'm going to go ahead and plug Taryn Minds tour that starts tomorrow. Clay rendering. We're going to be hitting Phoenix on the 17th, Albuquerque on the 18th, Denver on the 19th, Portland on the 22nd, Olympia on the 23rd, and San Francisco on the 25th. So you can uh, definitely check any of our stuff for the exact venues and all that kind of in the lineups and all that stuff. But uh, if you want to come out, see us, talk noise with us, we would love to do that. With
1: yeah, that. send any corrections to Mike like face to face. Just let him know how to actually pronounce something. It's Mertz bow. It's, you know, whatever, whatever you want.
2: It's like a direct Mike at Noise Extra email. It's great. And just do it to my face. Just make
1: sure that I'm around because I need to see it. So just, it's not real unless I get to witness it.
0: Yeah, I need stories. I'm Done. <laughs> Thanks so much
3: for coming down here, Jim, and bringing this record with
0: you.
1: Oh, it's such a pleasure.
3: It, is, it has been my pleasure as well. Thank you for me.
1: You've been listening to Noise Extra. I'm Tara Connolly, here with Jim Haynes, Mike Connolly, and Gray Holger. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdent Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much. You can find our Patreon at patreoncom noiseextra noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra on the web at noiseextra.com, one E and all of those and on Twitter at noise extra that has three A's. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.